I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. This is episode 186. 86. 86. Pick up sticks. <laughs> Much cleaner than what I was going to say. That's because, um, you know... I'm trying to not swear as much. Good for you. Yeah, it's not going to work, but I can always try. Going to go back and listen to all the profane-laden other episodes of this show. So many. We swear a lot. Uh, There's a couple places you can do that. Primarily SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod, but I mean, eh. Eh, wherever you get your SoundCloud's just where it lives, but I mean, wherever you get your content, search GeekDownPod or GeekDownPodcast. Yeah, we'll be there. We will be there. It will turn up. You can hit subscribe, and then every week henceforth... On the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, your man's Chauncey Frastilicus the Third, Internet Geek Down. Wait, Geek Down Internet Elf. She, she recovered. There, there we go. She's tipping. There we go. Tipping, <laughs> but she recovered. I'm always tipping. We know that. <laughs> always just on the edge. It's a. It's another sleet, sleety gray day here in Toronto. Of course it is, because it's uh, February. But your man's Chauncey does not care. No, nope. he's, he's just vibing. He's vibing. Straight wavy. He's just, he's hanging with the groundhogs. He's like, sorry guys, I gotta go. I can't smoke any more weed. <laughs> I read Canada's groundhogs were split. They, well, they are split, but it, it also depends where you live. Yeah. The East Coast is going to get more snow. They always get more snow. Oh. Ontario is like, ah, it's going to be spring soon. Yay. The Maritimes. Poor Maritimes. Worst. How are they the worst? It's just, I don't get people who are like, I want to go out East. Like visit Does, out East. What's there? It's beautiful. Snow. Snow and rocks. It's beautiful in the summer. And a lighthouse. Lighthouses. There's fish. Anne of Green Gables. It's all kinds of things. Mm. Blueberry jam. <laughs> it's a thing. I don't know. So specific, y'all. <laughs> if you have thoughts about the Maritimes or want to rush to their defense, you can do so via any of our socials at GeekDownPod, primarily Twitter, Get above Twitter. or Instagram, making oh. a concerted effort. Or Facebook. <sighs> Facebook really wants me to advertise with them. They keep giving us money. I know. <laughs> they really want us to use it. Boost that post, you lazy fucks. Yeah. This one. We'll boost this one. Sure. Yeah. We'll take your free money and we'll boost this episode. Yeah, we will. Welcome, new listeners. <laughs> you came here from Facebook boosting. Please let us know. <laughs> let us know by posting on www.facebook.com. <laughs> Wait, what? We did this We backwards. did it backwards, yo. Oh, God. We can't handle it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Uh, slash? I'm close enough. Geek Down Pod. For, I always used to say forward slash, but I mean, oh, you, know, you know it's a forward slash. We, you know it's a forward slash. Even if you don't know it, like, at the front of your brain, inherently, you know it's forward slash. If you're excited to see us continue to boost Facebook posts, you know we're only going to do it with free money. You can give us some free money. Yeah. We would love that. Patreon.com slash GeekDownPod or KO-FI.com slash GeekDownPod. Buy us a coffee. Three bucks. Or any amount, really. As much or as little as you want. Patrons will get bonuses like the 1500 word essay I wrote this week on why the music of Love Live coming to Spotify is worth celebrating. Has anyone commented on it? No, of course not. <laughs> I just throw these things into the void. I've heard that every time I make a Patreon post, it like 
emails all the patrons mm-hmm. and just goes out to them. So, I mean, sorry in advance, y'all. I'm sure they love it. You're a very good writer. Sometimes. He's a very good writer all the time. Um, except, you know, better when I edit things. Uh, however. Wow. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. It just, it left. It left. It left. Poof. It walked out the door <laughs> immediately. Stay if you want, but I'm leaving. It didn't want to. It was just, I'm out. <laughs> Friends, thanks for uh, dealing with us being out of time last week. How was uh, Robbie Burns Day? Kate? It was great. We had haggis. It was so good. Of course you did. We had um, uh, tatties and uh, neeps and neeps and tatties. What? Uh, turnip. Sure. It's called neeps and tatties. Tatties and neeps. Um, and we had uh, bachelor peas. They're slightly minty and they're bigger. They're not great, <laughs> um, but it's it's traditional. And my dad got me tunics, both tea cakes and the caramel like bars. Just, words are coming. But... And iron brew. Yeah, but the important people know what I'm talking about. Is it called iron brew or iron brew? Iron brew. Yeah, okay. I mean, with the Scottish accent, you can barely tell, but it's iron brew. Um, which actually features, I don't know if they're like a sponsor, but it features in my Gaelic lessons. On, uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. On Duolingo? On Duolingo. It's amazing. Possibly. Or they just know. I mean, I feel like they're targeted. Well, it's, yeah. But they don't talk about, like, they'll talk about haggis. They've talked about, like, salted herring and whatever. But <laughs> they haven't talked about any other, like, commercial thing except for Iron Brew. And it comes up a lot. I'm like, Granny's not drinking Iron Brew, y'all. But I did learn how to say tea with milk and sugar my duolingo is getting sassy lately it always is sassy with me like one of them was like when i realized it was like suyobi no pinku de wo kakimashita i'm slaughtering it but it's basically on wednesdays we were pink right okay and another one that was basically what is inside the box and then you look at the comments and it's just like what's in the box <laughs> oh that's Br- brad pitt just got <laughs> written well, I'm glad you had fun. You said there might be a hangover involved, and that's why you wouldn't be able to record. Was there a hangover involved? No, it was okay. Yeah, it's it disappointing. Fine. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I've never even seen Drunk Kate, I don't think. Oh, man. She's 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 cool. <laughs> she's like Amy. I've got, like, I've got levels. Levels? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, may, maybe I would see. No, but Wedding Kate's not going to be too... Uh... Oh, I'm going to be hammered. Are you going to be hammered? Amazing. I want to see a Drunk Kate. I'm sorry. I have to hang out with my family mm-hmm. for hours. <laughs> and in the corner, me. <laughs> At table number 14. Just glaring. <laughs> Who did you put me here with? Also, you're just going to hate all of the music, except I'm going to definitely be like, can you like, find me some songs that are good to dance What is here? the bagpipe concentration going to be at oh, this wedding? Um, very, very small. Like at the beginning or the middle of songs, like Rod Stewart has a couple songs that has like bagpipes at the beginning. Oh my God. And <laughs> it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> Scary Boar. And... It's, like, it's not like real bagpipes. It's like, you know, Rod Stewart's got a couple songs. Oh, this is so much better. Yeah. Well, it's oh, it's going to be full of like Rod Stewart and Brian Adams and Annie Lennox and oh. Fleetwood Mac and... Um, Who likes melanin? Not this wedding. A bunch of, oh, no. And then I was going to say, and like a bunch of like funk and soul and all of that. Because those are the best songs to dance to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't really have much by way of news because it's, it's, it's that time. It's that time of year, guys. Oh. Um, but I have so many things I want to talk about. Well, the the only item of news I have is... I don't know why Netflix is so eager to keep doing these things when, like, they haven't even started doing them yet. 
But like which things? They announced a One Piece live action show. Oh, maybe you should. You guys should figure out whether any of the other live action things like, are going to go well. Death Note didn't really set the world on fire, and we're still waiting to see what happens with Cowboy Bebop. Skeptically, yeah. though, I mean, they have a good combination of things. Listen, if you're not going to make Tank the theme song, like you're already behind the eight ball. Okay, like, you got you got a, you got a hill to walk up. Jesus, at that point. I am not this. This is my Star Wars. I'm not this way about like anything else. But like, yeah. you're fucking with sacred text. So see, and yeah, and all the good Star Wars fans don't think Star Wars is sacred. Sacred text. <laughs> it's just a thing where like it already it already exists and it was already perfect. So I mean, why would you want to do it yeah. live action? But I mean, I always have that question about things. Why would you want to do it live action? Um. So I don't know why they would want, I mean, if they're doing a One Piece live action, I assume this is going to air until 2753, because <laughs> One Piece is notoriously the longest fucking manga in history, and like, yeah. I think he hit the thousandth chapter and was like, I'm halfway done. Well, good for you, Oda. <laughs> fucking George R. R. Martin of, uh, of manga over here. Hope you got a plan, homie. Um, this is going to be showrun by Stephen Maida of Lost in the X-Files fame. Um, looks to be a lot of the same sort of production company that is handling the Cowboy Bebop show, a co-production of like Netflix and ITV and a couple other things. This is all by the Hollywood Reporter well, or Deadline or one of those. When we when we bring up Lost, can we say not say Lost fame, but um, from the Lost frustration? Because that, all I hear wow. about that show is that is like endless frustration. There's I mean, not one person I've ever met who is like, yeah, it was great. Wrapped up perfectly. I mean, I've never seen a frame of lost, so I'm not like a you know, scholar by any means to speak on it. But what the sense I get from lost is that it's like, it's a show from another time, like 22 episodes a season because right. it was major oh, network yeah. television and ending every season, not knowing that they were coming back. So right. right. There were no guarantees there. It wasn't like, you know, after the pilot, somebody was like, yeah, we're going to keep it for three seasons. I, cool. Let's chart this out. I would still feel... So sometimes like, they just did shit. It's like, you never shit. went back to the fucking polar bear or the smoke monster or some shit. And they're like, eh. Yeah, that, that's bad. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, so yeah, I don't know when this is coming, but it's just, this is the one interesting piece of news. The only other thing floating around, speaking of, of Star Wars, is this ongoing saga of the Obi-Wan show. I don't... I don't, I don't I was in the car with senior correspondent, and I was, like, <laughs> reading some stuff. I was like, I don't want an Obi-Wan Kenobi show. No? I loved Ewan McGregor in the role. I loved Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan. Like, he was my favorite Jedi for years and years and years. Um, only slightly surpassed by Ahsoka Tano. Um, and, wait. She's only slightly oh, surpassed him. Hot, hot Jedi ranking for your girl. No, 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 no. I was, I was thinking of the. Okay, so just full disclosure, I'm on a lot of pain meds. Yeah, Kate's medical issues. Uh, just decided to rear their ugly heads. What's up? It's 2020, bitches. Yeah, we back in here. Anyway, so I'm. i no. So it goes Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka Tano number one, and then uh, Obi Wan. Obi Wan, but like two. very close together. Anyway, um, and uh, I was like, I don't want. Kenobi, like, when, when is this set? Because if you're telling me that he left to looking after Luke to, like, go on adventures, that's bullshit. Well, the issue, or the rumor mill, mm -hmm. the hot hot scut butts. Yeah, <laughs> scut butts. Is that uh, 
the scripts that were coming in yeah. bore a shocking similarity to The Mandalorian. Right. Because it was Obi-Wan and young, training young Luke. Which, listening to like a mega... Calm down. Hold on. <laughs> Which, after listening to like a super nerd on a podcast talk about this, was like, it's really the only window of his life that's left. Yeah. Because but- between the prequels, between episodes one through three and Clone Wars, and all, like... You see a... His, his story is pretty much, aside from going to Tatooine, like well told like he has a there is a yes there is a brief scene of him on Tatooine in Clone Wars in Rebels Rebels oh Rebels goes through to that too just a little just mm-hmm. it's something between him and <clears throat> oh god somebody the, the face the red faced guy uh, the witches brother love he managed the Undertaker he had a red face no no the one from the Darth Maul. Um, the thing with him, Darth Maul, it's amazing. It's a great scene. It's not a full episode. It's just like this this piece to the episode. It was the B-plot. Um, and, um, and that's all I needed. It's great. Perfect. He just hangs out there, keeps his eye on Luke. Maybe he stops some guys from coming around asking too many questions. Cool. Whatever. Can't make a show out of that. The whole point is that he stays out of... The way of Luke. He's not training him. He didn't ever train him. He, like, Luke, like, vaguely knows about old Ben Kenobi. He's, like, run into him a couple times. Bullshit. Anyways. Make new stories. There's literally an entire galaxy. Entire galaxy. The best in hearing this discussion about the Obi-Wan thing on Chris and Andy, which was not Chris and Andy, it was Chris and Jason, Mm -hmm. um, was... A brief discussion about Rogue One, and Chris was like, "It's probably my second favorite Star Wars movie." Mm-hmm. And I don't the the fill-in host, the super nerd Jason, was like, "I don't know if he mentioned the tie-in between like the animated shows and that." Right. And Chris was like, "Who's the? He's not Diego Luna. I don't remember his name, but he's going to get a show too later on. Apparently, one right. of the guys from Rogue One is like, "Oh my god, is he in that?" He's like, "No, but the whatever the Forrest Whitaker character mm-hmm. is, and it happened, you know, at a point where like Forrest Whitaker just like." Did the voice. Right. Voice the character. Yeah. In in the animated show. <laughs> to hear Chris be like, oh. Because Chris doesn't fuck with cartoons at all. He doesn't, he doesn't care. Right. But like to hear that, he was like, oh. There's a big thing in, in Rebels about that character. But anyways. Um, so, yes. that That's that's the scut butts. Who knows how accurate that is. Um, but with this kind of getting pulled to get retooled again. Mm-hmm. Looks like the only Star Wars that might exist in 2020 is season two of Mandalorian, which is great, which is perfect. It is fine. We don't need parallel Star Wars. Focus on something. Make it good. Leave the stuff to rest. And I was saying this to senior correspondent Chris, and he totally agreed with me, which is there was years between the original movies. Mm. Oh, yeah. Which was great. And then there were like decades between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. It's just too much. I've, we've gotten, we go back to it over and over again. And if this means this is the last time we talk about Star Wars for the next, like, you know, 12 months, amazing. But, like, the reason y'all love it so much is because it existed in your imaginations. You didn't have it. You had three movies. Maybe you found, maybe you read a novel here and there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you read some comics. The novels but like, were probably were very good. 
but like by and large, mm-hmm. it was your imagination, and nothing was ever going to live up to that. Like, or, or, or have they made some missteps mm-hmm. narratively? Probably. I don't know. I don't care that much, but like, it's interesting. The other hot scut butt about the Mandalorian, and I, this is straight rumor and innuendo. I don't even have an article to link to this. It's just something I heard in passing on a podcast. Is like season two might retcon some of the Palpatine shit. Okay. To explain how he's like still alive. That's just wild to me. If you're now using this television show to like make up for. No, don't do that. To don't, make up for your movie, not getting the job done like, narratively. Don't taint. Well, the only thing I can think of is that because someone medical was involved with wanting baby Yoda mm. and getting a sample. Right. That it could already, we'd already talked about how it could already have to do with cloning. Yes. That baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda. That was like where the whole thing came from. I hadn't even heard that theory, but that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's where, like, Baby Yoda came from. Was like, is this Baby Yoda? Is it a clone of Yoda? Which, it's just just one of the many, many theories, right? Um, Or why did they want this baby, right? Um, It also has to do with, like, why is he so powerful with the Force? Are they, like, engineering Force babies? Which is something that has traditionally been in Star Wars. Um, So... That, I mean, if it, if they were already planning to do it, great, but don't fuck around with something that is doing its own thing. Yeah, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Um, sidebar, speaking of your boy. Yeah. You saw the, the life-size deluxe figure has been announced? No. Oh, he's so cute. For $350 from Sideshow Collectibles? He's so cute. Oh, my God. Look at his rosy cheeks. Oh, he's so squishy. Comes with a ball, Kate. <gasps> yes. Yes. I can't have drops in this in these photos open at the same time, but just, you know, the gasp, y'all. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. You can carry him around. <laughs> they, like, measure him up to an apple. Yeah. Oh, my God. $350, y'all, or six easy payments of fifty-two fifty. Wow. A month. I, it's almost worth it. <laughs> Almost. Except we know how I don't like to spend money. I know some affluent nerds out there who are already like, mm, mm. finger gun chin. Like <laughs> um, that's like a smattering of news, but really, like the main story here is probably the same thing that always happens when Kate and I take a week off. It's just content gorge. Yeah, basically. And also, uh, the uh, new segment I'd like to call Caitlin tries to watch stuff and it doesn't work out well. <laughs> Talking about the thing I gave you this week, or no, no, that general, n- just, just in general, and not because it didn't work, but because I was like, "This is bad," or mm. I don't, I'm not feeling oh, okay. this, and I was surprised with myself. Oh, yeah. What didn't make the cut? Would you like me to go through some of the things? Some of the things. There were many things. There were many things. Wow. After after this, like deluge of content that you were just burning through now it's just like swinging a miss i know um well uh, first of all i I actually can't remember i think i must have i did talk about john wick three right yes okay okay perfect um so let's talk about the things that didn't work Mm -hmm. so after you know the episode where i found out that there was a bletchley circle san francisco yes i commenced watching it i couldn't finish not because of the acting was bad or anything. It just, there was so much sexism and racism. And I was like, I can't. Like deliberately to show sexism and racism? Yeah, or, yeah. Or, it was like, you know, but it was. <sighs> these people are sexist and racist and that's bad. 
Yeah, and there's, a, you know, and a lot of women experienced it after World War II. There was a lot of sexism. You know, they were given these very important roles. They showed that they were capable of so much. And then to have just be, like, shuffled off and be like, okay, back to the house with you. And they're like, I don't want to do that. And really, that's what the Bletchley Circle is about. Um, and also, you know, solving gruesome murders. Um, and they introduced some fun characters. It was going well. Um, I just, and again, acting was great. The production value was great. It was really interesting seeing these characters in another time and place. But um, I just, I don't know. It got to like a, a sexist cop and I just, I couldn't. I was like, ugh, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, next. And did not have what's her face? No, it did she not. Was not in it? She was not in it. I'm. I know. Must have been so good. Oh, fuck off. Um. Then I was like, you know what? This weird thieves of the wood might be interesting. Set in the 18th century in Belgium. Hey. Yeah. Um. French. Or, you know. Um. And a mix of things actually. Uh. Belgian. French. Belgian is French, but I think slightly, like, dialectic changes. Mm. Um, and um, uh, some German in there. Uh, I thought it was going to be good. It was not. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, there was, like, a lot of, like, rape and sex stuff. And oh, boy. I was just like, I can't. I can't. And that was, like, right after. And I was like, God damn it. Um, and then... At a different time, because I'd sort of, like, given up and just went back to reading, um, I tried to watch third season of Sabrina. Not even Sabrina? So fucking boring. No. Like, both senior correspondent Chris and I were like, we couldn't even, we couldn't even get through episode three. Like, it was just so boring. We were both looking at our phones. I was like, can we watch something else? This is terrible. It really is. The writing is terrible. Um, yeah. So those are the things I... Oh, no. There's more. Um, uh, salt, salt, fat, acid, heat. Oh, yeah. Um, thought it was going to be good. It, It's fine. I didn't... I didn't like the host very much. I can't remember her name. She's a very well-known chef. Um, I just didn't like her. I, I didn't... I don't know. I also didn't like the way she ate food, which I know is bizarre, but she's eating food a lot in the show, and so I, I just couldn't handle it. Um, Why don't you eat better, and, lady? And uh, that's it. There we go. Um, I do have a bunch of stuff I did like, but we'll get back to that afterwards. Wanted well, to bring this up. Well, maybe it's on your list of things you did like. Yeah. Um, had a sort of reco, which you haven't seen and we may have to check out in the future. Okay. Um. Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beasts? I, I've seen it, and I keep on being like, is this something I'm going to like? Okay, well, uh, apparently I was like, I went to talk to Megan, who recommended DuckTales to us. Yeah. Ooh. And she had like she had like some boom bap hip hop playing. And, she was like, <laughs> and I was going to show her, uh, the, the Queens did a Disney special, and I was like, Megan, it's our, our spheres of interest are all merging <laughs> up. And she thought I was talking about the fact that she was listening to uh, Wu-Tang Clan's The Jizza. Right. Rap about, like, the history of the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, Perfume singing a Japanese version of The Little Mermaid. Why are you listening to that? <laughs> and it's like the soundtrack to this Kipo in the Age of Wonder Beast ah. thing. Because the, vo- the voice cast is all... Who is in the voice cast? I just had that up. Um, That's cool. It's from DreamWorks. 
Um, it dropped on January 14th. Some of the cast includes Dion Cole, Karen Fukuhara, Coy Stewart, Sydney Michaela, uh, Sterling Brown, Dan Stevens, or Joan Jett is on it, which is uh, John Hodgman. That's cool. So yeah, we may have to check that out at a later date. Very cool. Um, okay, but what, what was working for you? Um, Picard's out. Didn't have time. Watch the first two episodes. Uh huh. Well, it's week by week. Yes. Um, first episode was great. Second episode was okay. I have some quibbles. We've got quibbles. But by and large, I really liked it. I want to know about your quibbles, but I also okay. have left. Uh, yeah, I also have a question first. Yeah. Because I heard Andy, surprisingly, okay, very excited for Picard. Yeah. Andy from Chris and Andy, very excited about it. Made an interesting point, which I can see, is that. Bearing in mind, specifically for TNG. Yeah. Because we've seen on Discovery, they've taken this approach as well. Yeah. But, you know, TNG, Deep Space Nine, very problem of the week. Not Deep Space Nine. Deep Space Nine did have an overarching yes. plot. Yeah. Um, TNG especially. Was very... Pro- go to planet, here is problem, fix problem, go to next planet. That was, that was TNG and Voyager. Yeah. Absolutely. So now that you have... The world of TNG, mm-hmm. basically, it ain't that. Right. It's now, this is a prestige TV version mm-hmm. where it's like... Which is Discovery. Yeah, which is what Discovery is doing as well. Do you find that that level of story, that type of storytelling is working with yeah. these characters? Yeah, it totally is. Um, the reason it was Problem of the Week is because it was literally, these are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Like, it was basically... Their logs. Mm. It was it was problem of the week because they went out to explore and these are the things they found. Like I can tell you that like um, Robinson Crusoe, not Robinson Crusoe. Hold on. <sighs> who were the guys who went across North America? White guys. They had the indigenous woman who like had the baby on her back who like took them across. I'm asking for your help, fucker. I'm just letting you work it out. Um, Lewis and Clark? Lewis and Clark. Total guess. Lewis and Clark was not telling us about like the political dramas. They were telling us about like the things they encounter on their adventure and how they like overcame adversity, right? Um, Basically, she was carrying not just her baby. Um, And this show is about something that happened. That a character, Picard, is trying to, at the end of his life, is trying to fix. And it's a different type of story. So, yes, it totally works. Same with Discovery, in a way. I kind of wish Discovery is more like Problem of the Week. When they have a little bit of that Problem of the Week thing, I like that. Um, because it works with the crew and it works with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I also like, I think it does work with them um i just i wish i got more of the like focus on different crew members for discovery so what are your quibbles okay so my quibbles are um i'm gonna share one quibble from senior correspondent chris which i i love because this is the kind of thing like the nerds pick up on which i don't put myself in that group um so there is (laughs) at the end of the of I think it's um, All Good Things, mm. which is the last episode of TNG. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is, in the future, 
um, there is a wardrobe. The uniforms are different, mm-hmm. um, but they're not different in Picard. They should be that same uniform or some variation of. They look a little bit more like the old uniforms. Didn't they erase that timeline at the end of All Good Things? Um, I mean, it's or consolidate a, the timeline. I mean, I, I you can make different sartorial choices in a new timeline. You can. Um, it's technically kind of the same timeline, I think, but we did have a discussion about that. Um, I was like, ah, oh, it's a different timeline. It's fine. Um, wow. My quibbles have to do with um, there is a character who is a Romulan, and the Romulans have this. Um, obsession with perfection mm-hmm. and his face is just bothers me like his teeth are really bad and i don't care about that for any other type of character except he's a romulan and and someone might say oh well you know now that you know the romulan homeworld has blown up things are different right the romulan homeworld blowed up yeah so behind but that's in the star trek movie which one the newer one with the Chris. Chris Pine? Was it the same timeline? Well, it was always... It was a supernova, so it's always going to blow up. All right. Because it's a supernova. Anyways, so someone might say, Homeworld's blown up. They've changed how they feel about things, which in some ways they have, except he would have been probably like a young child at that point, and he needs to fix his face. His character who plays, like his sister character, she is like perfect as a Romulan. So I'm like, what are they doing with him? And also someone calls him hot and I'm like, ugh, no, he's like gross. He's a scruffy beard. Anyways, um, what are the quibbles? I would like to see more, not, not, I'd actually, I'm only in the second episode, so I can't really say much, but like, I'd like to see more characters, not technically main cast characters, mm-hmm. though that would be fun. And I know some of them do pop pop in or pop by or he talks to some of them. But I would like to see some more of the like secondary or tertiary characters. Um which a couple of them have popped in, but yeah. There's a moment where I really wanted one of the admirals to be or Commodores or something to be a different admiral or commodore that we've seen. Um and I'm like, you missed an opportunity there to like fold in Storytelling, right? I thought I heard Whoopi's already on board for season two. Uh. Well, they did a big thing on The View. Oh, did they? I never watched, but I saw this <laughs> clip. And basically, they're interviewing... Um, oh, my God. Did you just forget the name of Patrick Stewart? Yes, I did. Patrick Stewart. Fucking... Blame she, the drugs. She's sick. She's on drugs. Um, and he, like, asked Whoopi on the show... Oh, on the to show. ...to be, like, in season two, which I'm really excited for. <laughs> so fucking excited. Because... Her character was one of my favorite characters. Um, anyways, so yeah. So far, enjoyable. Really excited to see how it goes forward. How much winery? So much winery. Yes. Oh my god, I can't wait. All the winery. Y'all know the like last episode of Star Trek I watched. I deliberately went and found like post-Borg. <laughs> Post-assimilation. Picard goes to like resolve things with his brother and like yeah. debrief on the winery yeah and it's then the, great. the last episode in the future he's old and on, on the, the winery, winery. Yeah. Oh my God. um but he like lives there it's amazing yeah it's yeah so it's a lot of a lot of fun so far i love winery picard <laughs> it's great picard um love winery picard love um just seeing him back in action and seeing what he stood for um in the in the world of, St- of star trek um, seeing what is allegedly possibly 
a former main cast member's daughter. Possibly. So you've you've heard all that. I've heard some of that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is wild that Michael Shabon is the showrunner of this. Why is that wild? I never in a million years. Like, the only thing, yeah, I knew he was a giant nerd, despite yeah. being, like, serious literary person. But, like, the only thing he's done is, like, a pass on the Spider-Man 2 script. Like, mm. And now he's showrunning a Star Trek show. Like, that's, that's yeah. kind of wild. It's um, also, I hate to say it, it's just like, anyways, doesn't matter. <laughs> dudes. What, it's just all dudes? No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, dudes get crazy chances like that. Yeah, yeah. No one's going up to, you know, a woman who's written a bunch of, like, fancy literary stuff. It's like, hey, you want to show run a huge show for us? It doesn't happen. Oh, man. I need to talk to you about the American Dirt thing off mic if we haven't talked about that already. I, we have not. About no. Beyond the purview of the show, it's too. But Google American Dirt and just see all the fun that's been going on with that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I also... Uh, finished Harley Quinn. Of course I did. Right. Was that done done? Was that the last episode? I can't remember what happened at the end of it. But... Oh, what do you mean? Like, the last episode I saw was like, she had kind of stiffed all of them, and Joker betrayed her again, and was there an episode after that? Did I miss? Uh, the last episode I saw had the, uh, Queen of... Oh, honey, there's been like two episodes past that. What? Yeah. <gasps> Oh my god! Yeah, where the queen, they let the Queen of Fables out. Yeah, yeah. No, there's been a whole other thing where they let her into the Legion of Doom because they really want Ivy. Oh. And her and Ivy get in a huge fight because Luthor keeps like, you know, we're only let Harley in if you join, type of thing. And Ivy doesn't want to do it at all, but she knows Harley wants it. And then ultimately, to fuck with them, Ivy tries to like get Harley out of there type of thing and ultimately is like you know they don't want you they want me like yeah that's why we're here mm-hmm. type of thing and then to fuck with them luther like says the person they've they're bringing into the legion of doom is harley and it's just like schisms harley and ivy for like an episode um <laughs> the one stupid lol she gets in two fights with aquaman yeah Amazing. And in the first one? I don't, I don't want you to tell me. Oh my god, fine. I only want to, I only, I don't care about spoilers, but I just, it's so fucking funny. It I just want to experience. Literally, yeah, got it. In the moment. Got a guffaw. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that episodes were still coming yeah, out. Girl. I thought it was like done for a season. Nope. Oh it might be done now, but there might have been god. one more episode. But. All right, well, I haven't seen all of it then, but it was fantastic. Um... What did, oh, I watched uh, a couple episodes of Chef's Table. Just eat something while you're watching it. That's all I can say. Um, I watched the first episode of Pandemic. Great to do while the... Uh... Yeah, that seems seems uh, <laughs> seems like a chill hang. Yeah, it was great. Um, and, oh, uh, because we were in Port Hope visiting my dad, mm. and my dad has cable. Oh. Uh, we watch SNL when we're there. Yeah. Yeah, which we never get a chance to watch, but we always enjoy. Um, and it was the Adam Driver Yes. Uh, SNL, which was actually quite fun. A couple of the, they, they never seem to know how to end their skits. Like, it'll be really, really good, and then they just have nowhere to go. Um, so they do something ridiculous, like something explodes. Um, but anyways, it was pretty good. Um, and I think that's everything. Yeah. Oh, and I feel, uh, I, f- I finished um, Belladonna at Bellstone. I've literally never heard of that. Oh, no, what? that was the book you were yeah, reading. Yeah, that was the book. Um, it was terrible. 
The end. Yeah, I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. I'm so amped about that book at the start. I was. It seemed to have everything I wanted. Nuns. <laughs> 1300s England. Murder. Murder. Um, oh, God. So what's the order I want to do this in? Um, patrons would already know this, but for the general populace, um, you may not know that your man is uh, seeing somebody socially right now. And the person I'm seeing socially has every service. Okay. It's kind of part of her work as well. Okay. Um, and so just a lot of content watching. Right. And also the fun part of this is she's a canary and like falls asleep immediately the second something <laughs> turns on. Right. So let's lead with this one. She really wanted to watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Her experience was basically like Aaron, her. <laughs> and she was out. I now know everything about Aaron Hernandez. Oh, dear. Woke up the next morning. I was like, girl, you want to know everything about Aaron Hernandez? He loved weed so much. He had a whole house that he went to just to smoke weed. Amazing. Whatever. It's uh, it's not that good as a true crime doc. Um, for some reason, I decided to watch The Big Short last night, which I had never watched. And? Yeah, fine. Okay. Cool. Some of the fun things in there. So, like, everybody has their trash. Yeah, of course. Her trash is maybe a little typical, but, like, I hadn't really been exposed to the world of TLC Uh-oh. recently. Uh-oh. Man, yeah. if it were for fat people, that network would not exist. It's true. Fat people and uh, and really run down houses. <laughs> so uh, the one I enjoyed probably the most was Hot and Heavy, <laughs> or as I was calling it, Big Girl Dick Down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where it's just like, hey, she's super fat and he's a hot dude. Right. And they're in love. Yeah. And, you know, the one, they're getting married, and his family is all like, mm. <laughs> Everybody's very concerned about whether these big girls are going to be able to go hiking. That's a big what? concern in every story. Are they going to be able to go hiking? He really likes to be active. He likes to go hiking. Are you going to be able to keep up? <laughs> She's probably like, yeah, I'm I'm fat, not unhealthy. And then uh, other fat girl who was in Newfoundland, actually. Okay. Or somewhere in the Maritimes, you know, wants to hang out with her high school friends more type of thing. But they mm-hmm. want to go hiking. And she's going to be able to <laughs> keep up. Why, what? Are you, why are you going hiking so Why much? is everybody hiking? Um, Though I did go for a nature walk yesterday. So. <laughs> um, and the, the big hook with that one was like, you know, she wants to hang out with her high school friends. But they still hang out with the dude who like bullied her oh, like really badly. Those friends are terrible. Um, so sometimes they still see each other and still, but you know, she, she really wants to like, you know, confront him and get this stuff out in the open. Um, and then as they're like chatting, it's like, yeah, they fucked like six times in high school type of thing. Oh my God. And her husband doesn't know. He just thinks this is like this bully that like, and you watch her like talking to him and she's all like you know, tucking the hair behind the ear type of shit. Right. Um, so just the, the fact that I even like cared about this, <laughs> right. like, even in the moment, I did have to draw the line on the, uh, thousand pound sisters. I believe that's what they were called. Cumulatively. Yeah. Combined weight. Yeah. But it got real, uh, that one was real kind of southern class shamey. Oh, <laughs> so dear. Like, I'm out on this one. I'll drink a case and a half of soda a day. Wow. I'm legally blind. I can see just not good. Wow. Like, click, um, click, goodbye. I feel like it, that is very unfortunate. That's what I feel. I mean, it was cool to see what's out there in the world. Was I'm, it? I'm good. <laughs> I'm probably good. good. Um... What else is out there? Little America. Yeah. It's a show on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Because she also has Apple TV. So okay. I saw a bunch of stuff. Caitlin almost got a show on Apple TV, but I, Apple's terrible, so she couldn't watch it. Anywhere. 
Little America is an anthology series. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's their show per se, but Kamel Nanjani and his wife, Emily V. Gordon, are two of the producers on it. Oh, okay. And it's based on, like, the Modern Love show. It's, like, based off of, like, some sort of column that runs in some magazine. Okay. And they made sort of, like, little half-hour episodes about just basically immigrants in America. Right. And their, like, experience. Mm-hmm. The two I saw, one was about this, and they're all based on true stories, so it was mm-hmm. about this uh, kid whose parents owned, like, a motel in Utah type of thing. Right. And then there's, like, an issue. They have to go back to India. There's a problem with their passports, you know, whatever. We'll be gone for a couple months. Yeah, they were gone for, like, 15 years. And he, like, basically, as a child, ran this hotel. What? Like, by himself. And, like, yeah, so they left some dude who didn't give a shit just kind of, like, to watch over him and make sure the building didn't burn down. But, like, he, as a kid, was the one who took care of the motel, the guests. He cared about, you know, the business. Right. Type of thing. And ultimately, at one point, he, like, he had a deal with his dad that if he could, like, learn every word in the dictionary, he could, like, get a Trans Am or something. Right. So he's always reading the dictionary, so he gets really good at spelling bees. Yeah. And he, like, goes on the National Spelling Bee to go to Washington to meet the First Lady and, like, basically, like, please bring my parents back. <laughs> type of thing. What? Yeah. This is wild. This is a real thing that happened, apparently. Um, so that was one of them. And the second one was about this, um, I think she was Chinese, Chinese or Vietnamese. And she's a mother of two. Mm-hmm. Um, her husband leaves her, so now she's a single mother, and she's just, like, totally devoted to her kids. Right. And she's always, like, there's this, like, annual, like, giveaway for trips and stuff right. that they always go to. She's always trying to win a vacation. Mm-hmm. And she never can. She never wins. But then one year, there's a huge snowstorm, and it's like, don't leave your house unless you have to. But she goes to this thing anyway and wins a cruise. <laughs> Oh, my God. So then it's her and her kids on the cruise, but then just, like, realizing that, like, it's a cruise. They have all this stuff for the kids. Like, you know, the kid wants to, the son wants to play magic at, you know, the teen zone or whatever. Yeah. And she's just like, no, this is vacation for, like, the family type of thing. And, like, the push and pull of, like, the kids being like, please go have fun with people your own age, mom. Yeah. <laughs> just being, like, trying to redefine what motherhood means to her. Right. It's like, it wasn't as good as the first one, but it was still good. Still, though. Um. So, yeah, Little America was dope. Uh. What else did I see? I saw the thing. Much more of the thing than Caitlin probably watched that I ended up giving her. But the thing I wanted to give her that I didn't and somehow ended up binging last weekend was a servant from your boy. What a twist. Yeah. M. Night Shamamalan. Shamamalan. That's rude. His name is M. Night Shamamalan. Um, it's just fun to say that way. <laughs> he actually is not. He's been doing all the press for it. Yeah. He's not. He didn't create it. No. It was he directed. Just... He's a producer and he directed oh. a few of the episodes. Yeah. But it very much looks like. One of his movies, it's in Philadelphia, it's very autumnal, like, you know, these gorgeous houses type of thing. Um, as Caitlin said, is that the creepy baby show? Yes, it's the creepy baby show. <laughs> Which, yeah. Um, I mean, I was prepared to watch it. Let's just put it that way. I had, like, steeled myself. I explained to Chris I was watching a creepy baby show if he wanted to watch it with me. And then I could not find it for, like, an hour and a half. Um, and then I gave up. <laughs> basically, it's, like, it's this couple who hire a nanny... The nanny shows up. The mom or wife is, like, super type A. Yeah. Um, I saw some of the trailers. Super type A. And then, long story short, what you, think, what you come to realize is, like, their baby died. Yeah. And they have, like, a therapy doll because mm-hmm. the wife has, like, just yeah. snapped and cannot deal with this. Mm-hmm. And the nanny is kind of playing along. And that's, like, you know, you see the husband trying to, trying to be, like, you don't have to do this. Like, right. you just humor her. I'll pay you for the month. You know, whatever type of thing. And it's the moment when, as happens in the first episode, when the wife is like, 
to the husband. Oh, spend some time with them. You know, the, the baby's name is Jericho, which is ugh. Ugh. Uh, terrible. <laughs> Jericho Kane. <laughs> um, you know, spend some time with them type of thing. And the husband goes in and like, again, you don't know at this point, goes in and grabs the doll, but you don't know it's a doll by the feet, pulls it up out of the crib. Like it's a chicken. And the head goes tongue on the crib. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like when baby, uh, baby Yoda gets dropped. Yes. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? And then you see him, like, with this, like, really creepy, like, shouts to the prop master, like, yeah. just a really creepy-ass doll. And long story short, you know, they come back from somewhere, and the nanny has basically made the doll real. Now there's a real baby there. Um, okay. Where does this baby come from? What is this baby? Why is this baby? Why is Ron Weasley here? Why is he so coked out? <laughs> I, I always love when he shows up in things. His roles are always fantastic. I was like reading the cast list, like this cast list was going across the screen. I was like, Rupert Grint, is that fucking Ron Weasley? And yes, he's so coked out. He plays the brother of the, uh, of the wife. Um, I don't even know that it was good okay. per se, but okay. it just, it just went down real easy. You just kind of wanted to watch some more. It's that classic, like Netflix bingeable model. You just mm-hmm. really wanted to see what was happening next. Uh, please let me know in future where the baby comes from. <laughs> Off mic, I will let you know okay. uh, what happens with the baby. What else is out there? Oh, I watched the Goop Lab. What the hell? Oh, is that the Gwyneth that's the Paltrow? Gwyn- that's the Gwyneth show. I can't believe Netflix let her have a show. Oh, my God. So... Did she talk about the, like, crystals in the vagina thing? No. I mean, oh. she's not even really on it. She just kind of, like, hangs out on, like, a couch with her, like, some... The woman who, like, runs Goop, who looks like she's never met a manager she didn't want to speak to. <laughs> like... Wow. Uh... Elise or whatever your name is real problem haircut on her. Yeah. Um, and they'll talk to whatever experts they have in for that day. But then like the experts are working with like interns and people like at the, at goop. Mm -hmm. Sorry. This is like Gwyneth Paltrow's like lifestyle brand. Y'all know what goop is. You don't need me to tell you. Yeah. Um, but (laughs) so there's one about the female orgasm. Right. Cause Gwyneth love her pussy. (laughs) Hey, it's important. Um, but I got to say, so they have this, like, you know, 90-year-old woman. She's, like, she's, like, been a... It's not you know, Sue, is it? No, it's Betty oh, something. Sue was always the best. She's been, like, a, you know, sex positivity, you know, mm-hmm. advocate for, yeah. like, decades. And then, basically, part of her jam is to, like, make women look at their own genitals. Yeah. It's like, just really, like, you know, that's that's your shit. Like, own it. Like It's important. And I'm just sitting there. It's like, okay. And it's like all these women at the at the retreat with a, with a mirror, like, in front of it. It's like, yeah. uh-huh. And then, like, bam! <laughs> It really? Like, it was like photos of vaginas. I was like, let's go showcase shit, Netflix. We, <laughs> it, is, it is Sunday morning. This is what we're doing. And you chose to watch it Sunday I did, morning. I did not. Someone I was with chose to watch it. Well, I was just there. Um, vaginas are good at any time of the day. And, and then it's like, you know, it's really important. If we're going to show this, we need to like go all the way. So like Betty's like, you know, assistant, basically nuts on camera. Um, but it's oh. the most like just clinical just like if this is supposed to be like you know your surefire method you know your guaranteed method to like female pleasure this is a great conversation i love that i'm saying all these words (laughs) on my podcast yeah whatever her name is cynthia is just there with the hitachi on her cuckoo and she's just like (laughs) on her cuckoo it's called it's a okay shouts to kate mckinnon um and like you know the crescendo is like (laughs) (laughs) yeah female orgasms are pretty usually pretty quiet i don't know who you're talking to Personal female orgasms are pretty quiet. <laughs> um, Actually, there was a really interesting thing about that. In, um, oh, was there? In in you watched it. It was about um, Dairy Girls porn in like the seventies. It had 
the Franco, get down. the get. No. Oh no, the the deuce. The deuce. Um, and what's her name? Who was in it? Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes. Who st- is a starts becoming like a female porn producer. Yes. Um, there was a scene where she gives herself an orgasm. <laughs> you know more about that. You know more about the deuce than I do. Um, because because I read up a bunch about it because um, there was all this stuff about like um why Maggie Gil- Gyllenhaal Gyllenhaal I don't know how to say it uh pushed for a scene. Where she gives herself an orgasm. Right. And it's not this, like, thing for the viewer. Mm. It's the thing for the character. Um, and how important it was to show that, like, female orgasms are, like, can be quick and quiet and personal and not a thing to show. Right? Which I thought was really interesting. That's why I know about it. Y'all had no idea you were getting this when you clicked this ep- the start button on this episode. Now, I didn't know we were getting this, but I'm always happy. Well, I knew a little bit because we are going to talk more about this in the second half of the show. Thanks, Goop Lab. What else have I been watching? Finally got caught up on uh, on Hike You to the Top. Yeah. My precious, precious volleyball sons. The problem is, this is like the, like, they got to get the band back together. Right. Like, they're all separate trading camps right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, enough. Right. Get everybody back together. I'm done. I'm done. I haven't seen I haven't seen my husband do in like but three episodes. Don't they all have to learn something to bring it back? Sure, to the sure. And become even better. Four episodes in, learn it already. Um, wow. Maybe it's gonna take them all season. Maybe more new. Maybe more news than update. But uh, finally saw some footage of uh, OG Waifu's Muse reuniting okay. at the Love Life Festival. Yeah, they never missed a step. And, and as we spoke about, they do rehearse for ages. They beforehand. have other things. Emmett Soon is in a musical right now. Oh, my God. She doesn't have time for that. Also, there are Hit too the many people at those concerts. <laughs> I don't know what arena they were at, but it was fucking full, y'all. Um, Ugly Terrace House back. Great. Who, so Who's I, ready for the love bus to go to Africa, y'all? <laughs> so I made a... I made a joke. Well, so Jordan was telling me he was watching all this, like, so much trashy TV. And I was like, oh, Terrace House is back? And he was like, no. <laughs> he was not, not having it. You're trash. See? You're trash. There we go. Again, because the love bus is, like, the totally weirdest show. You can have, like, horrible, like, fat shamey type stuff with the one guy who's, like, you know, da- dares to be over 200 pounds. Yeah. So, like, <gasps> And they talk about his boobs and shit when his shirt's off and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And he's degrading himself as well type of thing. Uh. But then it'll be like 20 minutes because uh, they're in Kenya. 20 minutes on this microtransaction app that they use in Kenya to like send money between their family members type thing. And it's like revolutionizing and like eroding poverty in in the Kenyan slums. It's been like 15 minutes talking about that and teaching you about it. Wow. Love bus is wild, y'all. Also, they all going to get typhoid. <laughs> Why would they all get typhoid? They are. They all get sick. They all get sick. One of them gets typhoid. Well, is it typhoid or I, is it? I read the episode descriptions. Okay. All right. Delicate Japanese constitution can't, <laughs> can't handle that business. Um, what else? Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. That must have been fun. Saw that. How was it? I mean. Was it brilliant? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Watch it. It's like, I don't, you don't need my hot take, you know six months eight months after it got released like y'all know it's fucking awesome if you care to see movies you've watched it you know it's awesome yeah should it win best picture i don't know but maybe he's gonna make history somewhere he's either gonna get director or screenwriter or something like it's gonna right. be like a foreign film that like wins multiple oscars or at least it should um what else i think that's maybe all the like 
marquee items on here. And the only other item of note, Caitlin and I can have the disagreement till the end of time yeah. over what the better show is. Yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine or The Good Place. Oh, no, 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 no. That is not the argument. The funnier show. Thank you. We know what the better show is. The funnier show, the one that makes me laugh out loud more, is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Because your brain is broken. <laughs> the Good Place wrapped up this week. Hour-long season finale. Uh, I spoke to someone who just... I don't know what they thought was going to happen. They thought it was going to be just like a LARF fest and oh. not an existential crisis. No, no. It's a show about moral philosophy and what happens when you die, y'all. Yeah. What do you think the last episode's going to be about? Yeah. I think maybe these people are going to go to their final destinations. Mm-hmm. I think maybe some of them might choose to go to their final destinations. Yeah. Um, the show's a masterpiece. I can't wait for the fourth season to go up on Netflix so I can just like watch the entire thing on mass mm -hmm. um just a gorgeous accomplishment i've never like when i saw some tweet i was like i wasn't expecting this network comedy <laughs> to leave so me to leave me cold, you know, lying on the ground sobbing mm -hmm. um and of course if you're watching the good place i again highly recommend especially for this one going back and finding the uh the podcast that nbc puts out hosted mm -hmm. by the guy who plays sean this one was with mike sure the creator and the producer and I was telling Kate before we started recording, like, I love to hear the stuff about, like, where, like, they didn't write it. Right. It's just, like, the things that the actors bring to it. Like, yeah. when, when Maya Rudolph is talking to, you know, Eleanor and Michael, just being like, yeah, you guys saved the universe, but, like, it's your tone. <laughs> it's your tone. <laughs> or, like, Michael's delivery of, they're talking about who got into the good place finally. Right. And they mentioned some woman's name that, like, nobody's ever heard of. And Michael's like, oh, it's the Where's the Beef Lady. <laughs> yeah, the, the, where's the, be the Where's the Beef Lady got in. So, that's fun. <laughs> just, it's like, Mike Schur's like, I didn't write any of that. Like, right. that's just, you just let them go and they just do it. And that's what, that's the most fun about it. Um, yeah, I cried, uh, I cried three times. Oh, that's a lot. I think. It's going to be hard. That means I'm going to cry if, through the whole thing. I don't know if you're familiar with the Buddhist anal analogy of the wave, but. <laughs> <laughs> you felt the wave. <laughs> I think. It's away for a certain period of time, and then it crashes, and it goes back to the ocean. I think, what is the last thing I just, like, sobbed over? It might have been the end of Rebels. It might have been the end of Rebels. Yeah, that's on brand. There's something that I just, like, literally through the entire last episode, I just lost it. Um, so, yeah. Why do you shows make us love the characters? Stop it. God, I don't cry over people I know in real life. Oh, we'll always love you, Cheaty. <laughs> Peeps in the chili pot. <laughs> Favorite thing ever. Well, beefy, beefy rundown of updates. You knew that was going to happen anytime we take a week off. That seems to be the case. Yeah. We got some other content to get through. We do. The things we brought each other. Yes. So we'll take a pause right here. When we come back, we'll get into a very mismatched selection of items. Extremely <laughs> mismatched. So much so that it's actually delightful. Because <laughs> when I gave her servant... I wanted to give him something that They're, was like... It's going to go really, really well together. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'll, I'll watch this then instead. Yeah. And now we have what we have. Uh, now <laughs> we'll, we're here. And we'll get into that when we come back from this break.
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the second half of the show. This is the part of the show where we talk about the things we brought each other. Yeah. As weird and not like each other as they are. And sometimes that can make it fun. Hey, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But before we get into it, uh, we have some rules. First rule being the rule of three. Which is, if the thing comes in parts, you will watch three of them. Give it a chance to be the thing it's going to be. Half applicable. Half applicable. Uh, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing. There was a slight, a slight, like, uh, uh, message exchange. Oh, I kept blurting the same phrase at Caitlin over and over again. Yes. Which I'll blurt in probably five minutes, so. Yeah, so just hang on to your seat. <laughs> uh, but other than that, we held to the rule because the rule is important because we want you, our listeners, to have the freshest of takes from us on the things, even if they are several years old. Yes. Yeah. Um, and finally, of the rule that's not really a rule, it's really just a policy, is that there will be spoilers. Spoilers. As you know from the first half of the show, we don't care what you care about. <laughs> no, that's not true. Um, <laughs> that's that's mean. I don't mean it like that. Wow. That's not who I am. Um, no. Uh, we understand that some people do not like spoilers, but we are very spoilery, spoilery here. We don't think it ruins anything. No. Unless it's like there is a specific show and it's all about like what happens next then maybe uh but even still we're going to talk about it so we like to give people a warning and just let them know and the first thing is a little twisty turny so yeah so maybe if you ever decide you want to watch this thing which i would suggest you do um then you might not want to know all the bits and pieces so with that in mind in the nicest way i can manage Please get the fuck out. Get the fuck out. But like nicely. Like get yourself a cup of tea. Maybe also take some pain meds if you're in some pain. <laughs> um, chill. It's Sunday. Oh, I guess you're listening to this on Tuesday. So, you know. Maybe whenever you're listening to it. Yeah. You can chill whenever. Just have chill a chill whenever. hang. Yeah. Just have a minute. Maybe, maybe get a snack. Um, and yeah. So now, on to the thing that I gave Jordan. Yeah. So, I was trying to... You kind of threw this at me. Did you have this in mind before um, I was trying to give you servant? Or? No, I was thinking about, I literally sometimes when you will give me something and it's like a thriller or I'll be like, I'll look up like top 10 thrillers and I'll be like, what What have I seen that I liked that I think Jordan would like? Mm. And I was like, oh my God, of course. Um, the of course was The Handmaiden. Which is a 2016 South Korean erotic psychological thriller, um, which I have seen and I really enjoyed. It is directed by, I'm so sorry, I'm going to butcher this, uh, Park Chan-wook. That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, Who also directed Old Boy. Um, At least that's what he's, you know, very well known for directing. Um, Which, if you haven't seen it, you should also see because it is a wild ride. Wild. OG Old Boy is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Um, the Handmaiden is a film that's actually based off of the, uh, book by Welsh, uh, writer Sarah Waters called Fingersmith. Um, and it is, uh, a story about a, uh, woman who, a fingersmith is someone who is a pickpocket, um, basically gets pulled into, um, trying to get this wealthy heiress to marry, Basically, he's a swindler, a con artist. Um, She's supposed to help be your handmaiden, help get her to marry him. Um, So really, a lot of the story is the same, um, but 
I'll get into why I love the handmaiden so much but um it basically the original story set in victorian era britain um and now is under uh set in in korea under japanese colonial rule which is about 1910 to 1945 i think this is like 1930s Mm. um but i don't think they give you an actual year um okay so fingersmithing y'all fingersmithing um so the story, both stories, um, so happened to the initially the the main character is the handmaiden or the lady's maid, um, and uh, I'll focus on the movie. Um, she goes to this strange place where there's this uh, heiress who's very alone, and she is doing her part to sort of like get her to run away with this con artist, um, but slowly falls in love with her. And um, the heiress, you think, is like a very innocent, sheltered woman. Um, Though, they have, she knows some things. You're kind of like, what? She knows some things about sex. Maybe not a lot of stuff, but she like gets the handmaiden. Like She's like, I don't know how to kiss anyone. So gets her to start kissing. And then in the movie, just cunnilingus. All the cunnilingus. Yeah. Which is what I kept yelling at Caitlin. Even before I saw the movie. I had a copy of this movie for a while, which I did not actually end up watching. And, like, the only thing I heard was, like, maybe not on the train on your way home. Yeah, you don't want, like, people will be looking over your shoulder being like, what is this person watching? Like, before Pornhub, like, if this movie was out in the 90s, it oh, probably, probably would have been my go-to. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Probably would have been my go-to. Um, so then she she has feelings for the Handmaiden, and you think that maybe, or sorry, the Handmaiden has feelings for the heiress. You yes. think maybe the heiress has feelings for the Handmaiden. You're not sure what's going on, but uh, the Handmaiden successfully convinces the heiress to marry the con man. Um, and, and the con is that they're going to throw the heiress in, into an asylum. An asylum. Um, and so they get up to where the asylum is, the hospital, mm-hmm. and instead of the heiress, it's the handmaiden who, who gets, gets admitted. Yes. And you figure out that she is, she's been conned. What a twist! Except she hasn't been conned. What a twist! Um, the triple cross, y'all triple cross, which I love, um, which is actually differs from the book, mm. which is one of the reasons I like this movie so much. Uh, they change it up a bit. So in this version, um, it is the, um, heiress and the handmaiden heiress finds out that what the handmaiden is doing or sorry no no no, sorry it's the con man goes to like check out the heiress yes and figures out that she's not she's not innocent she's reading her she has this horrible gross uncle (laughs) you're skimming over this part so like there's there's some the house you don't know at the beginning like in the first part of the story when it's the handmaiden you don't know this part so no you see him around a couple times yes and he's weird and like Gross looking. Now let's talk about these readings that she's giving. Yes. She has to give, you know, she's giving reading Reed, lessons. And it's like classic Japanese that yes. are very difficult. Um, but you never see her do one of them until the second half of the second part, which is you find out that since the age of like five, yep. she's been having to do these readings of erotic stories. Porn, you know? Yeah. Um, and her aunt was doing them before, but uh, it seems as though her aunt has hung herself. 
um, and because you just can't take the pressure of this and this 11 year old now takes over doing these erotic readings um, and you find out her uncle is like not just crazy he's crazy and like so gross mm. like so gross so gross um, so she you see it all from her side it, where the con man basically figures out he can't woo her he's like yeah this ain't gonna work for, with you so. she, she knows everything about like sex and romance and all of that it's not gonna work so he just how about we do something else how about we do something else how about i get you out of here we she says okay send me a girl that we can replace with me in the madhouse um they con her but again doesn't quite work out because she ends up falling in love with the handmaiden yes and from her side the sex scene is way better it's it's like you know a little bit in like the first act, yeah. The second act is it's like, just like, oh, we're just going, we're just going wow. full on it. They're scissoring in there, scissoring timbers. <laughs> There's just like all kinds of stuff. Full sixty nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, the sixty nine at the end. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. So there's just like a ton. Oh, I got it. I'm gonna talk about the sex scene. I know we're gonna get to it, but like, there are some things about that sex scene that I love. And I'll get it too. But they end up, she ends up falling with the handmaiden. She, the handmaiden at one part is like, she convinced, convinces, quote unquote, her to the uh, heiress to marry the con man. Um, but the, the um, heiress is totally devastated about this because thinks that maybe the handmaiden doesn't care for her and goes to commit suicide and the handmaiden stops her and they figure out what's going on. Or the she tells the handmaiden what's going on that she's really the one getting conned and they've decided to con him. Yes, which is lovely. Um, and then so they burn down the asylum, get the handmaiden out. Yeah, escape to Shanghai. Yeah, and then there's a the only only problem with this movie is the sex scene at the end. Unsanitary. Unsanitary and just also like not needed. Like, I think if they just had, like, something with, like, the bells, like, it would have been enough. But, I mean, if you're going to go for it, I guess you're going to go for it. But, yeah. Anyways. Unsanitary. That's the the handmaiden. The difference in the um, uh, book of um, The Fingersmith is that they don't discover it and then con the con man. How much cunnilingus is in The Fingersmith? <laughs> uh, quite a bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, From what I remember, I mean, I also saw the, like television movie oh um and so oh, this i was such a multi-layered property it is it is because you don't get many great lesbian stories where things work out in the end there's always something terrible one of them dies or they don't get to be together or even in what was it carol I right, think, right, right. she like has to abandon her child like something always terrible happens this fucking everything works out just sail off into the sunset with Lots of money. <laughs> Jingle bells in their vaginas. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I obviously love this movie. Jordan, what did you think about this movie? I mean, if there's one critique I have with it, it's only just, it's not a critique with this movie. It's a critique with any movie like this. Where okay. it's like, the second it's tipped that like, this is a double crossy type movie. Right. I just don't believe anybody anymore. Which oh, okay. I mean, is maybe the point. Like, I just yeah. can't go with it. I was like, yeah, no, everybody's conning everybody. Like, <laughs> everybody conning everybody. Um, I mean, I think it's part you kind of it's part of it i've been 
I mean, I've been a fan of Park Chan-wook for ages, like Sympathy for Mr. The Vengeance trilogy, mm-hmm. which Old Boy was the middle one. Um, I haven't seen anything, I don't know if this was the first thing he did since or if he's had any others in there, but like, super fan of his work. Movie looks gorgeous. The house they're in is like beautiful. Some oh. of these long tracking shots yeah. he does in it are just gorgeously done. It is a little long, but... <laughs> it is a little long. But what can you do? Everything's two and a half hours long anymore. It sounds basic to, like, center so much discussion around this lesbian sex scene, but, I mean, I feel like a lot of people talked about it because it's like, you know, did he keep the camera a respectful distance? Did he... No! <laughs> was it too porny and pervy? Was it... I think there was just this joy in it, which you don't usually get. You get, like, really serious sex scenes in thrillers. Mm. You don't get to, like, there's a scene where she comes up from, like, doing kind of like this, and her face is just, like, covered. Yeah. And it's delightful, because, like, you don't get to see that, right? Everything is very, like, sterile, and anyways, I just, they did a great job. It, their sex looked like a lot of fun. And you don't usually get that in thrillers. It's always like passionate romance, and I'm always like, Bleh. um, yeah. So I, I don't Passion know. Passionate romance. I I understand the, some of the criticism, um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. What else would you have done? I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker, but yeah. Um, I just read a couple, you know competing takes on that did you read tolentino's i did read tolentino's who yeah. was a-okay with it mm-hmm. um yeah no, huge, huge fan of his work all the actors all the actors were fantastic, fantastic. um fucking pervy uncle getting carted around on a chair on some dude's back yeah um flipping the location to japanese rural korea was inspired mm-hmm. um just because of the fraught relations yes. there in that time in history always love to see the fisherman's wife make an appearance oh yeah <laughs> um yeah. everybody puts the everybody puts the wave on their college dorm room wall mm-hmm. she put the fisherman's wife really impressed me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's octopus eating out a woman y'all yeah um man things were wild before the internet um what things are wilder because of the internet <laughs> um you said like make stuff i mean yeah it's like what is it rule 37 if it exists they'll make porn of it but like yeah <laughs> it wasn't, rule 37 kind of existed in that era too yeah that's true hokusai was like you know it'd be cool <laughs> sure yeah why not um i didn't quite get like the how do you get invited to one of these readings? Who do you have to be? Like someone who has a lot of money, who has interest in just pornog- pornographic books. Okay. I mean, it was the same in the the Fingersmith, right? Like, yeah, that she was. It was she was reading pornographic texts. So, I just thought it was like the basic premise lifted from the book, and they just like changed the location. I, th- I thought all that shit was put in it. That's all in the OG book as well? Yeah. The, yeah, porn the, the pornographic books, the everything except like who was the main like con mm. person. It, that was different in The Fingersmith. And how things end up in the end is a little bit different. They do end up together. Um, but uh, just how they get there is a little bit different. Who wrote that? Sarah Water? Yeah. Sarah Water, you freak, y'all. He's, she's cool. <laughs> Um, if it was a guy who wrote it, everyone would be like, You'd be a freak too. Um, not as much. Y'all freaky. Everybody freaky. Everybody's freaky. Um, no, I mean, I, it's, it's, I don't 
really have much to say about it. It was great. Like yeah. I'm, I'm pulling a Caitlin here. Like it was great. Okay. Um, it's it's acting is fantastic. Um, it's beautiful. Looks gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. directed fantastic. The whole like I assume this is the structure of the book as well. Where like it maybe felt a little like was there a way to do it that didn't involve just telling the same story again from her perspective from the other person's perspective maybe, maybe. but i'm not a filmmaker so yeah. i don't know um when it looks that good you don't care that much but yeah. um <laughs> it's like it's like okay we're just gonna have a sex scene that's three times as long as the original one okay mm. okay all right um i mean it, it should be watched i mean in a, in a year where Bong Joon Ho's getting all this deserved shine, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, Korean movies! Like Korean movies have been, been great for a long dope time. for a while." Yeah. And like between fucking, oh, did Park Chan Wook do Okja? Who did Okja? Or did Bong Joon Ho do Okja? I don't know. No, I gotta know. That one's the the hippo one, right? Oh, Bong Joon Ho did Okja. The parasite guy did Okja. Yes, that was about the hippo. Okay. Um, Okja. Okja. So I mean, yeah, it's like a nine. Like it's a great, fantastic piece of movie making and if mm-hmm. you've never seen it like you totally watch it just don't make sure like no kids or your parents oh god are around. no do not yeah not in public in the privacy no. of your own home give yourself some time yeah because warn the people you live with that you're watching this because some shit's gonna pop off and you'll be like damn son yeah you'll be like wow wow like yeah <laughs> you put that on film yeah in a, i was in, I, a, in a regular ass movie yeah and i was like surprised at how graphic it was anyways uh well great good times good times uh that's on amazon prime yo it is um all right now it's time for your thing so the thing i just hot shot it to caitlin which <laughs> you couldn't get servant to load up yeah was uh the last thing i ended up watching in my you know week and a half of just content binging yeah where it was like you know my crave and it's like you know now i have crave access it's like there's a shit ton of like hbo shows that i like never really delved into right because when you're a pirate, you only have so much bandwidth, and Game of Thrones took up a lot of that energy for a lot of years. Yar. <laughs> so I never really spent much time uh, with the item I gave Caitlin, which was Silicon Valley. There we are. Silicon Valley. I'm sure most of y'all, if not all of y'all, know what it is. It's an American comedy television series created by Mike Judge of Beavis and Butthead fame and Idiocracy and Office Space and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um Created by Mike Judge, John Altshuler, and Dave Krinsky. Premiered on April 6, 2014 on HBO. The series focuses on five young men who found a startup company in Silicon Valley. Ran for six seasons, wrapping up December 8th of last year. Uh, cast includes Thomas Middleditch, TJ Miller, Josh Brenner, Martin Starr, Kumail Nanjiani. Second mention for Kumail. Christopher Evan Welch, Amanda Cruz, Zach Woods, Matt Ross, Susan Cryer, Jimmy O. Yang. Stephen Tobolowski and Chris Diamantopoulos. In the first season, Richard Hendricks creates an app known as Pied Piper, which contains a revolutionary data compression algorithm. Peter Gregory acquires a stake in Pied Piper, and Richard hires the residents of Elric Bachman's business incubator, including Bertram Guilfoyle and Dinesh Chugtai, along with Jared Dunn, who defected from another tech company called Hooli. Meanwhile, Nelson Bighead Baghetti chooses to accept a substantial promotion at Hooli instead, despite his lack of merit for the job. Mm-hmm. I do not... I binged this first season, so you're going to have to tell me exactly what happens <laughs> in the first three episodes. Okay. Um, I don't think I realized that this show was debuted that long ago. Right. When did you say? 2014. 2014, okay. Still feels 
eerily prescient. Like Yeah, like it could have debuted this year. Even the things they're talking about, yeah. like you'd think it'd be like old tech that they're talking about, but yeah. they're still like that may sure someone could come up with a data compression thing that like shrinks gigabyte level files with no, you know, yeah. decay. Yeah. Uh down to basically what did he originally want? What was the program supposed oh, to be? It was supposed to be for artists, uh, musicians, to figure out if their song was... Sounded like any other song. Yes. Right. And nobody wants that. Nobody's interested in it. No. Um, basically, so, and I'm sure this is shit that happens in the area. Yeah. Where, like, there's just this house that this, the T.J. Miller character... I keep on calling him T.J. Max. Uh, T.J. Max. He had an app or sold an app. He came into some money. He sold an app. So he just basically opens his house as a workspace mm-hmm. for aspiring app developers and programmers. And he calls it a... Uh, incubator. Incubator. My, my incubator. And basically, anything that pops off he and makes temp- any money, he gets a cut. Yeah. Because he gave them the space and opportunity to work on it. Um, and do they live there as well? Yes. Yes. So basically, yes, Richard... Is his name Richard? I'm forgetting everyone's name. It is Richard. <laughs> Richard makes this thing um, that nobody cares about, nobody's interested in, but... Yeah. Um, he shows it to a couple of people at Hooli. Yeah. And buried in there is... Like this genius algorithm. That he doesn't even know he yeah. did. Yeah. Um, which can compress files uh, better than any current compression software. And it kind of starts like a bidding war because he stupidly showed it to these yeah. engineers at Hooli who are now reverse engineering it to try to get their own. Mm-hmm. And this... I might have missed where Peter Gregory came into this equation. The like very... You hate to use the phrase spectrum adjacent, but I mean, he clearly is a... Um, he, they went to a talk and right. he ran into him and was like, hey, I have this idea. Right, right, right. And he's and like, the parking well, lot. send it to me then and I'll take a look. Having no intention to follow up, but they found... No. They, he noticed that thing in there and it's like, you don't even know what you have, do you? So yeah, I was... I knew about this show. I'd heard a few things about this show over the years. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting to find it as funny and enjoyable mm-hmm. as I did. Um... I can be kind of hit and miss with Mike Judge stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I like Office Space. I like Office Space as much as anybody, but I mean, some people revere Office Space I and idiocracy. I and... love Office Space. It is one of my, like, top ten comedy films. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think because I lived it, and I, like, there are moments <laughs> that I just, like, I feel it in my soul. Oh, like, King of the Hill is this other huge thing. King of the Hill mm-hmm. ran way longer than any of that shit. That's um, true. And I was never, like, King of the Hill was, like, it's cool for an episode, but, mm-hmm. like, I was never going to, like, no. binge King of the Hill. Um, so it's always kind of been, like, hit and miss with me for his stuff, but, like, I was very taken with the show and found it really fucking funny, mm-hmm. the whole dynamic between Kumail and Martin Starr. Yeah. And they're constant sniping at each other. <laughs> I don't think I knew until I read the wiki that his name was not Gilfoyle. Gilfoyle was his last name, so yeah. I was just calling him Gilfoyle. Yeah. <laughs> um, stupid shit like that. Anyway. I was surprised by how hilarious I found it. Caitlin McKinnon, how did you feel about this program? Um, I had to. I had deep discussion with senior, senior correspondent Chris because I have to give this two different kick punches <laughs> ratings. One kick, is... Kick punch for somebody who doesn't know that world and kick punch for someone who does? No, or? no. I did say I'd mention it. Um, but uh, kick punches for someone... Uh, just on the merit of the show, like pieces of the show, mm. which I will talk about in a second, and kick punch for um, whether I, a person with uh, a general anxiety disorder, can watch the show. Did it skew too awkward for you? It, it, like, to the point where, like, I was getting, like, a rash on my face because I was so anxious. I didn't find it, like, curb level. 
I can't watch. I can't even watch a minute of Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> like, um, so it wasn't awkwardness. It was things going bad all the time right. and people being mean to him. Yes, and like because he's super awkward. And I like... I can't handle it. Mm. Um, and okay, D- dig yeah. into it. So that for that, it's like a four because I can't like. I could not get through the third episode because I got to a point where... What happens in the third one? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. Um, I got to a point where I was like, things are good. I'm like, oh no, it's like halfway through the episode. <laughs> Everything's going to go bad. And I like couldn't do it. I'm like, I'm just going to keep it here and pretend that things are good forever. Um, okay. So that's that. <laughs> now let's talk on the merits of the show. The show is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The writing is fantastic. Like the the back and forth. It's a fucking they, joke. And the Thirty Rock tradition is just a joke machine. It just like even now. So uh, senior correspondent Chris can't watch it because he's already been told by people he worked with because he worked in that industry mm. that it's just like you'll you'll have like nom flashbacks. <laughs> too, like too real, it's, y'all. it's too real. There's parts that are just too close to home. Mm. And again, there's that anxiety woven into the story. Um, there, part of the anxiety is like also there's just like a lot of money being thrown around mm-hmm. and I just can't like handle that. Well, because the crux of it, in the, that first season mm-hmm. is he's given a choice yeah. to 10, 10 million, what 10 is it? Million, 10 million to sell it to Hooli, which is Google yeah. in this universe mm-hmm. to just give it to them. Yeah. And then he works on it, but he doesn't own it or take a lot less money and build it himself from the ground up yeah. and own it. Yeah. And he chooses to own it yeah he's kind of like i guess he kind of makes the choice when the girl is like no i, I think bought in because i believed in you or was that like he, he that ma- come later he, it comes later he made the choice because tj not max you just said it tj <laughs> T. miller miller says ehrlich. ehrlich says you know i sold my company i got a ton of money right but I, there was always a hole in my heart and that's why i have this basically incubator right. is to foster that in other people he's like i i regretted it um so he decides to go it alone yeah and kind of build this company with the people who are already there around yes. him yeah who are not his friends by any means they just kind of like except for the one that big head big head big head's his <laughs> he's, he's straight up like yeah now um i love this show the fact that the main character and jared do not become a couple to me is ridiculous like Richard and Jared, Jared and Richard have like the best chemistry. Which one's Jared? Jared is the one from Hooli who he's the finance guy. Who he like? Oh, the guy from the office, right, right, right. He leaves. Oh, I, I didn't right. know that, but he leaves and he is was, like yeah. he shows up at the door. He's like brought champagne and is like, right, right, right. I want to join your team because I what you did was really inspiring. And Jared's like the nicest character. The fact that Earl like continuously is like yeah i know we all hate that guy right and everyone's like no actually he's really good at his job and very down to earth he's like no i think we all hate him <laughs> you're shipping you're shipping him and jared and richard I, that i don't understand they like are great together <laughs> um and yeah but uh yeah so anyways the writing was fantastic um the acting the, by the main guy who is he someone's brother like famous brother thomas middleditch Man I mean, I know the name. Yeah. It's just a very English name, I think. Um, I don't think he's English, though. I think he's American. But he did a fantastic job. Um, he is Canadian. Oh. It is what go. he is best known for is Silicon Valley. And, uh, yeah, doing doing some voices for SpongeBob, apparently. There we are. Um, he really is fantastic. 
uh, he acts this so well. I would think that if I met him in real life, he'd just be as like stuttery mm. and nervous. Um, and just like the, ang- they capture, there's so many actors on the show that who capture that yes. energy. The guy who plays Peter, the venture capitalist. Oh yeah. He, Oh, the thing I got to the, so the third episode, he's got like an obsession with, um, Burger King, the fucking burger. Okay. You did get to the yeah. Burger King episode. And he's just like, he just, you obviously, you know, his mind is just on another level. Yeah. Like he just doesn't care. He's over there and he's going to do his thing. Uh, he played a great character. And he's just focused on sesame seeds. Yeah. And how much, how many items at Burger King use sesame seeds. And yeah. it basically involves, ends up with him investing in like sesame seed and then commodity making futures some... and making a shit ton of money. And yeah. these guys are like bugging him for like, are you going to invest in us? We need to know. Yeah. Like we're supposed to go to market. And he's like. He breaks down everything he just did and is like, so I could give you like 35 million of that profit I just made and that would be okay? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're like, like uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this conversation is over. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just his vibe. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, just very impressed by, by the acting and the writing and all of it. But again, so anxiety inducing that I can't watch the show. It's funny, like, just, like, you know, talk about, like, the non-flashbacks that Senior Correspondent would have, like, the uh, more, I mean, it happens with Hooli more than anywhere else, but, like, the, like, tech utopia attitude where, like, yeah. we're here to make the world a better place, like, and they they really believe that on yeah. some level, yeah. and, like, they think they're chosen to, like, make the world a better place, mm-hmm. the Zuckerbergs and whoever of the world yeah. who just believe that they were put on this earth to, like, that's what they were put here to do, is to, like build their tech utopia to make the world a better place and yeah. it's just like i, I nah, love bro. whenever there's a commercial and then in the background you just hear like richard or someone being like what a dick <laughs> and i'm like yeah or it's like if we can make this small then we can make aid small and like you're like oh what he's the worst so the most infamous thing from this show that i just want to tell you and at, put out there as an endorsement for the people if they're on the fence about watching the show mm-hmm. um if they if they had not heard this already, because this I remember hearing this about the show when the when the first season wrapped up. Right. Basically, who's going to beat them to market on their the, the original Pi Piper algorithm? Right. Basically, Richard on the fly comes up with another version of it that's like ten times better than the first one he did. Right. And the idea that sparked is they're at like some like like the Tech Crunch conference where everybody like pre- presents upcoming okay. apps yeah. and they can get financing type of thing, and it's like, man, we don't have a chance. Like, Elric would have to, like, jerk off every person in there to, like, get us a shot at this. So then they start really trying to figure out <laughs> how Ehrlich could jerk off every person in there. Yeah. It's like, you got this much time. So, I mean, you know, you're doing it to completion. Can you do, like, have two people stand facing each other? And then you can have, like, like you're skiing. <laughs> like, you have, so you're doing four dicks at once in, like, a back and forth motion. <laughs> and it's basically Richard gets this idea from watching them talk about this like ridiculous these, this yeah. jerk off joke yeah that like inst- like a new way for like to frame the algorithm yeah apparently like they had MIT scientists like break this down this whiteboard that they filled like right it had a fucking field day because like the math adds up wow that's amazing because <laughs> they're writing like fucking formulas down there and it's like it's like well if average cum speed is like <laughs> um and just the breakdown of this like the most elaborate dick joke yeah like in the that comedy had ever seen um 
the one thing, so uh, senior correspondent was sort of like in and out as I was watching this. And one thing he was there for was, so Richard gets the Pied Piper shirts made. Yes. Um, and, and Ehrlich says, I thought we were like making a tech company not an irish porn site and we're still like saying it like a like a day later like it was very he's funny. got this flute and it just looks like he's it just looks like yeah fellatio you know it, it was he looks like he has a dick in his mouth and a dick behind his ear for later like that's the, that's the ridiculous joke so anyways it's um and richard's just like no it's just a nice fairy tale and just like Hooli hires Big Head because they want to like yeah. keep him in house, and also want to piss off Richard. And then to piss off Richard because they think he knows more than he actually does. He doesn't yeah. know shit, and yeah. they just like keep giving him promotions mm-hmm. to do nothing and just like throw money at him to like <laughs> just be employed there. He doesn't yeah. have a job. He finds all these other people who like hang out on the roof and do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> all day. Um, and definitely the thing that made me laugh the most on the entire show was they're building the company. They say they're just going to keep it in the uh, in the house. Yeah initially and Ehrlich really wants like a like a edgy like graffiti type logo on the garage door yeah so there's this like Mexican graffiti artist he wants to use the artist confuses Dinesh and thinks he's Latino yeah and Ehrlich does not disabuse him of this notion because <laughs> he's like oh he's gonna because you know the joke is that this artist David Choate did some Facebook murals for right. stock and he's yeah. like a fucking made more money in like from that than he'll ever make from his art right um so when the artist realizes when the when the graph artist realizes or thinks dinesh is latino he's like yeah i'll do it for you know much cheaper than he was initially going to um because yeah it's give an opportunity you know stick, sticking to the man give an opportunity for for latino brothers appreciate that man that's that's you know you do you're doing you're doing you're doing good for the community so he basically paints dinesh kamel nanjani uh fucking the statue of liberty doggy style oh my god <laughs> Damn, son. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's just like on their garage door. <laughs> and the na- people in the neighborhood are walking by looking at it. And the guy from Hooli ends up buying <laughs> buying it just to fuck with them oh later on. God. Talking to a spiritual advisor about like, it's not offensive, is it? <laughs> um, the show's ridiculous. Yes. I'm going definitely going to enjoy. I did not find it super awkward or as awkward as Caitlin did. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to digging into the entire run. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so as far as like the show itself, it's mm. an eight. Like it's a fantastic show, at least in the first three episodes. <laughs> but that's all she could handle. That's all I can handle. Like, and I might even go through like the like the Wikipedia to like find out what happens. Um, I think is it ended now? Yep, just yeah. ended. Uh, four four seasons. Four se- four six? seasons or six. Seasons. I think it's six seasons. Um, yeah, just wrapped out. up last year. Um. So, yeah, it's going to be. And this is really, I mean, I love Kamel. Yeah. So, I mean, this was his first, like, real look on, like, a regular show. So, mm-hmm. I'm delighted to see his character. <laughs> oh, my God. There's okay. a bit where they're at this, co- they're at that conference. Mm-hmm. And there's some, like, girl who, like, you know, because obviously it's like, you know, don't be weird around girls. Right. Um, and this girl asks Gilfoyle to, like, help her with something. Some JavaScript type thing. Mm-hmm. So, he, like, writes a bit of code for her. And... Basically, <laughs> Dinesh, she asked Dinesh for something too, and he helps her out. And then he's like rhapsodizing later about like, just her code was so beautiful and elegant. <laughs> and Gilfoyle's like, beat up MacBook with a, it's like, that's my code. You want to fuck my code, bro? 
you want to butt fuck my coat? <laughs> he's like horrified and he ends up like getting back to the hotel room, like making out with her and he can only like make it work by like turning her <laughs> laptop to look at the coat. <laughs> stupid. Stupid. But we like stupid stuff. We do like stupid stuff. That's yeah. on Crave if you're in Canada. It's on all your HBO access adjacent things if you're other places in the world. Mm-hmm. Friends. Yep. I'm going to let Sicky get back on the bus. It's going to be great. Go wallow, wallow in her misery. Opening. Ho- opening. Hope, Hope, say, oh, opening. Opening. Um, I am hoping that I don't uh, fall asleep and miss my stop. That would not be uh, prudent. No, it would not. So while you're still awake, let's get her out of here. Friends, get at us on your socials, however you so desire, primarily Twitter. Twitter. If you actually want a response, or I mean hit us up on the Instagram, I'm paying more attention to that lately. Raise an email, geekdownpod at gmail.com, however you choose. Thank you so much for joining us, as you do every week. We'll be back next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we hope that you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of Geek Down Podcast. Narco! Mando! (laughs) The new season of Narcos is coming. Oh, dear.